This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 211, Mythbusters, Annuity Myths Exposed. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your host, certified financial planner Mark Willis, invites you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Guys, I'm so excited to be introducing this new summit to you today. We are holding the inaugural Not Your Average Financial Summit. It's a one-day virtual conference for you and for anyone curious about or engaged in the Not Your Average Financial Strategies that we talk about on our show, like the Bank on Yourself concept or income maximization strategies, retirement strategies, debt strategies like the Lake Growth Debt Snowbank Method. If you want to learn how to get wealthy while paying your taxes, become better than debt-free, firing your real estate banker, then this is your one-day event. Be sure to join our free membership site. It's happening on October 9th, 2021. It's a Saturday. It's a full-day event, and it's going to be jam-packed with speakers and people that I know you won't want to miss. So you can go to notyouraverage.mn.co. That's notyouraverage.mn.co. And make sure that you RSVP your spot and reserve your seat for this very special inaugural Not Your Average Financial Summit. Can't wait to see you there. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode. Mark Willis here. Hope to uh, cover some pretty, I think, fascinating ground together with you today. I hope to dispel all the myths around the modern annuities, specifically annuities that are there to set up generating for you a guaranteed lifetime income. So with, with that, I'm going to jump right on in. The first and most pernicious myth I hear is that the fees on annuities are just way too high. This more than anything else gives annuities such a nasty reputation. Folks like Dave Ramsey, Ken Fisher, uh, say that the fees are too high. Now, up until recently, Susie Orman also was among that crowd, but she's since really smiled on annuities and now saying that they're an important part, especially income annuities are an important part of helping protect income and retirement. Go figure. Income annuities helping you with income. What do you know? But Ken Fisher, Dave Ramsey, and other investment advisors like Ken Fisher, when they talk about those nosebleed level fees, he's typically referring to variable annuities because income annuities do not have fees. Single premium immediate annuities don't have fees. Deferred income annuities do not have fees. Fixed indexed annuities don't have fees and fixed annuities do not have fees. So most annuities are not even fee products. So that's just a big myth busting moment right there, guys. Everybody thinks annuities are so expensive, but annuities are not even fee products. But let me get back to Ken Fisher for a minute and, and folks like him. Ken Fisher's deal with annuities is that they have high fees. Well, Ken has high fees and he couldn't pick on Vanguard. He couldn't pick on Fidelity. They've got lower fees than his investment firm has. So if you think about it, you know, so does real estate. Real estate fees are sometimes five or 6%. That's a pretty big fee. Or look at option futures. They have fees, premiums built into them. Hedge funds are, of course, very expensive. Commodities are very expensive. There are a lot of things out there that have higher fees. So I'd say that Ken Fisher 
hates fees because he can't charge more as a result. In fact, I'd say that Ken Fisher and advisors that invest in the market for their clients actually love annuities. Remember, at their core, annuities are income streams that just keep coming year in and year out. And because investment advisors and Ken Fisher among them get a fee from his clients that keeps coming year in and year out, regardless of market conditions, when you are Ken Fisher's client, you are his annuity. Wow. So you'll hear people say, Mark, you know, Mark, I just don't believe in annuities. And I promise you don't have to believe in annuities. It's not like a a religion. All annuities are is a risk transfer vehicle from a family that would have been devastated if you ran out of money in your retirement and transferring that risk out to an annuity company. It's transferring the risk of living too long to an annuity company. But remember, an annuity is the only product in the world where you can buy a guarantee that you will never run out of income. So let's take a closer look at this idea of fees being too high. Here's an example of fees on a fixed indexed annuity versus assets under management and the typical Wall Street oh-so-average way of investing in the market. Let's look at actual commissions. Since there are no fees with fixed annuities, we'll have to look at the commissions that are paid on an annuity versus the same amount being invested in the market with a assets under management fee. So let's say you had an IRA balance of $400,000. And let's say it was a fixed indexed annuity that tracked the prevailing index, maybe like the S&P 500. And in the first year, I'm using historical data here, let's say that you had $407,000 in your account at the end of the year. Realize none of that money went to the fees or commissions of the financial professional who set this up for you. Again, none of that money went to fees. By year two, your account balance is now up to $442,000. That's a total return over two years there of 10%. That's not bad for a boring old annuity. Why aren't you seeing your account balance drop due to you know paying the advisor who sold the annuity to you? Well, because the annuity company paid the advisor. You did not. The commissions get paid out of the general fund of the annuity company. That fee or that commission does not come out of your $400,000 account balance. Now let's set that up in contrast. When you pay your advisor out of your investment fund, like out of your 401k or your IRA or your brokerage account, you are increasing the likelihood that the advisor will retire before you do. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Back to the annuity. Let's go head down to year 30, head down into the future. 30 years later, the annuity account balance has grown to over $1 million. Again, this is using historical data. The entire commission paid on that annuity over 30 years was $24,000. That's that's total, not per year. That's $24,000 total paid to the financial advisor who, who set up the annuity for you. This is a very responsible amount. It keeps the advisor around who helped set this up for you. But that $24,000 totals an average annual expense over 30 years of just 0.21%. Is that a payment that's reasonable to you? Well, remember, what are you buying for that? Well, what it would provide for you is a guaranteed lifetime income you'd never outlive, and you'd never be at risk of the stock market or its losses. If you're looking at the show notes, take a look. In year nine and year 10, the market was negative in that year, but your account balance stayed level. At that point, it was $555,000. You just got to get 
keep your money protected. Again, check out the show notes to see this in detail. Remember, guys, the commissions on annuities are not paid by you. They're paid for by somebody else. In fact, it's the annuity company. So I want to ask you an important question. And this was phrased to me by Marvin Bulis, a great guy and someone I highly respect. He asked me this question, and it's really stuck with me. He said, Mark, if you had the ability to pay a financial advisor with somebody else's money, and because of your actions with your financial advisor, you became financially independent, would you do that? That sounds like a great question to really dwell on and think about. So before we move on, I want to look at what the investment advisor would have earned on your $400,000. Again, let's assume that you're going to be charged a total of 1% a year on your assets under his management. The average 401k and IRA fee structure is closer to 2%, but I just want to be conservative here. So in just 1% fees. So if you just had a 1% fee in the first year, uh, the advisor would have earned $4,000. That's way less than the annuity and the financial advisor who sold the annuity to you. So is the winner clear? You know, are, are annuities just so jam-packed full of fees? Well, wait a minute. Does this fee, 4000 bucks for your investments, does that come from Vanguard or Fidelity or some other financial institution? Like it does when the annuity pays the insurance agent or the financial advisor? Unfortunately, no. Financially, uh, I guess Vanguard and Fidelity are just not that generous. The fee of $4,000 comes directly out of your investment account and reduces the amount of money you could earn in the market. Now, if you look at the spreadsheet, you're going to notice that the investment account is valued at $412,000 after the first year. That's more than the $407,000 on the annuity. So in the first year, even with fees, your investment advisor will tell you that you beat the annuity by five grand. Now, if the market continues to do an average of 4% a year, I'm not big on averages, but we're going to give them one for sake of just trying to keep the investment advisor on his game here. After 30 years, the investment account would grow from 400 grand to $942,000 factoring in fees. Oh, by the way, what are those fees? Well, over 30 years, you would have paid your investment advisor, wait for it, $180,000. Now, does that seem reasonable? Does that fee seem reasonable to you? I mean, that's just an average annual expense paid out on, on your investment account, meaning that it was taken out of your net worth, literally out of your pocket, reducing your retirement account funds and increasing the investment advisor's net worth. And what did you get for this? I mean, if this was giving you something incredible to pay 180 grand on something would be okay, I guess, if you got something amazing for it. But what did you get for all those fees? Were there any guarantees? In your investment plan, the advisor set up for you? Nope, no guarantee, except that he or she would be paid as 1% per year, no matter what the market does. Now, does that fee seem reasonable to you? Does that seem fair to you? In fact, the investment advisor was paid seven and a half times more in total compensation over 30 years than the financial advisor who set up the annuity for you. Seven and a half times more money paid to the investment advisor but the annuity provides you a predictable guaranteed income that you cannot outlive, something the stock market just can't do. It also provides protection. The annuity provides protection against the stock market's downturns. It will provide a death benefit should you pass away too soon. 
And the payment to the financial advisor who recommended the annuity does not come out of your pocket, but comes from the annuity company instead. One more time, I'll ask the question. If you had the ability to pay a financial advisor with somebody else's money, and because of your actions with the financial advisor, you became financially independent, would you do that? I'll leave it at that. Okay, the next myth I hear about annuities is that annuities trap all my money. Now, first of all, I'd like to say trapping is a, a fairly contentious word. And what we're talking about there is liquidity. So are annuities liquid? I'd like to say first that liquidity is not a one-time event. Liquidity is not a one-time event. It's not just the flat tire on the side of the road. Liquidity is a lifetime event. So when you buy additional lifetime income, as in you're buying annuities, you are increasing your lifetime liquidity. Think about that for a minute. Let that sink in. You are increasing your lifetime liquidity when you purchase an annuity. Your annuity money is not the money you want to leave in your savings account for a flat tire. You don't want to keep your annuity money set aside for emergency funds or even your kid's college necessarily. That's where other liquid buckets like bank on yourself type policies are a great fit. You don't want to put your emergency money into an annuity. That's not what it's for. It's there to create income for the rest of your life. With deferred annuities, annuities that you put money into, it'll just grow for a while, and then you can turn it into income in the future. Now, I will mention that many of these annuities have liquidity provisions. That means you can get access to some of your annuity in a, a backstop emergency. For example, a lot of them have a 10% withdrawal amount you can take out every year. So say you put in $500,000 uh, from your old 401k, let's say, that means you could take out $50,000 a year, even before retirement, without a, an annuity surrender charge. Sometimes they'll even say that that could be a, cu a cumulative amount. So if you didn't take money out for five years, you could take five times 50,000 or 250,000 bucks. But you've really got to read the contract on the annuity to see if that's possible. And if liquidity is something that's important to you, you might want to find a contract that has that cumulative liquidity provision. But for me, you know, I'd like to build several whole life insurance policies that keep me very liquid and then use annuities to increase my lifetime liquidity. And again, I just, I, I just want to say it's not all or nothing. It's about balance and diversification and proper allocation. Annuities can really create more liquidity because you don't have to wait on the market to give you that liquid fund. So for example, let's say you had a million bucks. And if you didn't have annuities, your million dollars would be really held hostage to what is now known as the 3% rule. Last week, we talked about how 4% rule uh, has now become the 2.8 or 3% rule. So to have a million dollars just held hostage just to squeeze out 30 grand a year in retirement seems terribly inefficient and not very liquid. But if you use your stock market portfolio, you could take some of that money. Let's say you took out of your million bucks, you put $600,000 into an annuity. That would generate the same income off a million bucks you could pull from just 600 grand. We did a whole episode on this way back at episode 150, where we talk about how you can retire like a millionaire on way less than that, specifically 600,000 bucks. So if you've got 600 grand in an annuity and you started with a million, that means you've got another $400,000 that is now truly liquid. You don't have to hold that money hostage to the 3% rule. You can do anything you want with that extra 400 grand. 
The fact that you have money in an annuity gives you the permission to keep your other funds much more liquid. So I really balk at the concept that annuities trap your money and make you not liquid. The third myth, I'm ready to bust. Let's grab that sledgehammer is that interest rates these days are way too low to rely on annuities. Now, Wade Fowl, who's one of our favorite retirement researchers, he wrote a paper, uh, it was a research paper, but it was actually published in Forbes magazine. He said that in today's low interest rate environment, annuities are even more efficient now than they were a few years previous because they rely not just on interest rates, annuities also rely on the magic of mortality credits. Mortality credits. So the interest rate portion of an annuity is really not that big a deal when it comes to income annuities. They're mainly focused on the mortality credits. As you get older, as we all get older, the interest rate of an annuity matters less and less. So for like an 82-year-old, a very small portion of your paycheck off that annuity is due to the interest on the annuity. Most of it is due to the principal and the mortality credits. So when someone says, oh, I can't get a great deal on an annuity because interest rates are so low, I always tell them, well, hey, you know, compared to what? When you put money into a money market fund, you get 0.1%. When you buy a CD, maybe you can find one offering you 1% these days. Annuities can guarantee a 5, 6, 8, 12, 14% payouts guaranteed for the rest of your life, depending on your age. So especially for older people, in their 70s and 80s, this is an incredible way to do away with low interest rates and to rely on annuities instead. So some people say, well, Mark, what are mortality credits? I'll try to explain this quickly. You know, why do casinos have all their money in these big palaces? How do they get all that money? One simple reason. It's the law of large numbers. Not everybody wins at the same time. So casinos are really great statisticians. They can manage money through the law of large numbers. And it's the same with annuities. How do they insure us? How do they make sure that they can be profitable in good times and bad? They use the law of large numbers. They spread the risk of disaster among a large pool of people. If you try to do what insurance and annuity companies do all by yourself, you're spreading the risk among exactly one person. And that doesn't exactly work. It'd be like having your very own little Facebook group where you're the only you know, profile. It just isn't fun to go there. The larger the group of people, the lower the risk. That's how mortality credits work. They're extra money from the pool where you can get paid the older you live. So for example, uh, like the annuity company doesn't know when I'm going to die and they don't know when you're going to die. But if there were a thousand people listening to this podcast, they'd know almost to the exact month how long these thousand people might live. And they know half the people will live longer and half the people will live shorter because they know and they can pay all of us a paycheck because they don't know who's going to die, but they know exactly when each person statistically will pass away. And you, you just know that out of a thousand people, 500 are going to die early and five are going to live longer. So they can price that out and give us this different payout. And that extra payout is called a mortality credit, AKA the law of large numbers. So the next myth we're busting here is when people tell me, Mark, I'm just too young. I'm too young to get an annuity. Well, you know, I guess my answer is, yeah, maybe, maybe you are. Again, annuities are not for a down payment on your first house. They're not for your kid's college education. They're not for the money you might need before 59 and a half years old, let's say. And there are other places to put your money, like a bank on yourself type policy before then. 
Think of it this way. Regardless of age, you want to start buying chunks of income. Imagine, imagine if you were 29 or 30 years old and you, with a small amount of money, you were able to buy a future income of a thousand bucks a month when you were 65 years old. At age 29 or 30 years old, it would have been very cheap to buy a thousand bucks a month of income way out into the future at age 65. But then just, you know, when you're 32, you buy another thousand. And then when you're 34 years old, you buy another thousand. And by the time you're 65 years old, you might have 20 or $30,000 a month of guaranteed lifetime income. And it would not have been all that painful if you spread out that purchasing over many years. So if we start thinking about income rather than just having a big pile of money, I think we'll be all better off for it. You know, guys, this retirement thing, it's not about having the bigger pile of money. I don't want to be the richest man in the graveyard. What I want to do is create from that pile of money a stream of income that I and my, my beautiful wife and family can never outlive. And remember, the longer you delay your higher guaranteed payout, the bigger it's going to be in the future. The next myth I want to bust right away is, I don't expect to live a long time, Mark. And that annuity company, that greedy old annuity company is going to keep all my money. Yeah, I, I get it. You know, maybe they say they've got a history of premature death, maybe shorter life expectancy. Maybe they've got cancer in their genes or whatnot. Their family members are are graduating to the other side um, before the averages. And we just got done talking about the law of averages there. So maybe it's a good idea. Maybe it's not to get an annuity. Uh, but what I would say is, you know, if you're married, that spouse might have longevity. Your spouse might have some longevity. Yeah, then they're still, it's still going to be a good idea to get a lifetime income because that annuity can last as long as both of you live. And if you don't have a long life expectancy, you can still put guarantees on it. You know, you could say you want that annuity to be paid out to you or your children uh, for 20 years or 30 years or as long as they live. You know, if you put, for example, $100,000 into an annuity, and let's say that it's paying you 6% or 6,000 bucks a year, and let's say you died after just two years, you would have received 12,000 bucks, but, but your family would get the other 88,000 bucks. And maybe even more than that, if the annuity had grown some over that two-year period. So guys, unlike old-fashioned annuities, the annuity company does not keep your money if you die too soon. The next myth we're ready to crack open here is when I put money into an annuity, I'm going to lose all of my control over that money. You know, I, I get that. I love that. I love being in control of the money. I don't want to give up control. In fact, uh, I say, you know, you're not giving up control when you're buying an annuity. You're gaining control over your money. Guys, think about it. You're gaining control over longevity risk because it's a guaranteed paycheck. No matter how long you live, you, if you're breathing, that check just keeps on coming. You're gaining control over deflation risk because if you're getting a paycheck and we go into a deflationary economy, like what mo most of the world is currently in right now, a paycheck is one of the best things to own in a deflationary economy. There's no withdrawal rate risks. You know, you cannot take too much out of an annuity because you're getting that paycheck for life. You absolutely slay the sequence and order of returns risk. You take that off the table. There is no market risk with annuities. There's no sequence of returns risk on annuities. And so you're just taking these key risks off the table with your money. And so people who run out of money are not the people who buy annuities. Um, they're the people who want to stay, quote, in control by keeping it in the market. But when they think they're in control, 
that's when they're actually out of control with all those risks I just mentioned. So what happens if they live too long? What happens if they spend too much money in the early years of their retirement? What happens if they go into a deflationary economy? What happens you know, if they're not protected against the market or sequence of returns and the market crashes? Again, guys, I'm not saying annuities are for all of your money. You know, I'd say maybe look at somewhere around 20 to 40% uh, of your money could go into an annuity. Why is that? Well, you know, maybe it replaces your bond portfolio and your annuities would solve the problem for most retirees because bonds are just not paying anything right now. And if you could put your bond allocations into an annuity, that would solve most of your retirement issues. Think about that for a minute. What is it about the economies of scale that allow annuity companies and allow them to be more effective as a bond alternative than just traditional bonds? Well, again, it comes down to those mortality credits. Tom Hegna, who was a guest on our podcast at episode 167, is famous for saying that annuities function like a triple A rated bond in terms of safety with a triple C rated bond in terms of yield with zero standard deviation because it just does not fluctuate. And so it's a much better bond alternative than having bonds in your portfolio. Bonds right now are maybe paying one or 2%, but if interest rates go up and they've been climbing recently, as I'm recording this in August of 2021, the value of your bonds will continue to fall. Sometimes bonds can fall 20, 30, 50%. There are many people probably listening to this podcast who don't realize that bonds can lose money. They did in 2008. You can lose half your money in a government bond. Many people don't believe that's possible, but it happens all the time. So you got to be careful with even the bond portion of your portfolio if you don't use that money to buy life insurance or annuities. So as we wrap up today, guys, I'm going to just say that there are three phases of wealth building. There's the building wealth phase, then there's protecting your wealth, and then there's distributing your wealth. And I really think more people need to move from this mentality that it's all stock market and that the stock market is going to go up every single day. It's just ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. It goes up, but you've got to get around to protecting some of that money when it does go up. So we have a lot of clients who have done well over the last seven or eight years. The market's really performed well. And the question is, what do you do when you win? Do you take some chips off the table and put it into a protected guaranteed income vehicle like an annuity? A lot of our clients are starting to do that. You have to get to a point where you protect that wealth. Don't just build it. You have to get to protection. And that's what annuities and life insurance can help you do. And then finally, there's distributing wealth. And again, life insurance and annuities guarantee that you'll never run out of money. With life insurance, that income tax-free money uh, comes out for income in retirement. And guys, I should mention too, annuities, as well as bank on yourself type whole life policies, both of those, and in most states and in Illinois as well, these accounts protected from lawsuits. And I think too often people don't even realize that protecting the wealth is so important and where you keep your money will either make you more exposed or less exposed. And there's a whole show that has been devoted to this strategy. It's called Thinking Like a Bank. You guys can go check out Sari Ibrahim's show, Thinking Like a Bank, uh, or go to finassetprotection.com to learn more about his show and how he's helping people protect their money from these creditors and predators. So especially as you get closer into your 50s, 60s, and 70s, it's more important than ever to build that wealth, but also protect and distribute it. It just becomes more and more important. So thank you guys for all of what we've covered together today. And again, just one quick reminder, one more time to make sure you've signed up 
for our Not Your Average Financial Summit happening October 9th. Be sure to go check out the, the website I mentioned at the top of the episode. We'll also include it in the show notes. Don't forget to do that while it's fresh on your mind, RSVP, so you can be a part of that life-changing event. And thank you again for joining me for this week's episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think and live differently with your money, your income, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join a financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.